This is the Life and Soul podcast with me, Emma Forbes. 2020 really was an eventful year. And amidst the madness, we've all had time to reflect on what we most appreciate in life. And although we're still surrounded by uncertainty, it's important to be reminded of what really matters. I'm going to be asking some fabulous guests what makes them tick, asking them what really gives them life and what really feeds their soul. So join me for some nuggets of wisdom, a moment to breathe, and above all, a good old chat over a virtual cup of tea. And I hope that by listening, you'll leave feeling a little brighter about the year ahead. So this week on Life and Soul, I am so excited. I'm joined by Holly Tucker. She's a British entrepreneur, philanthropist. She's a UK ambassador for creative small businesses. She's been referred to as the mum of all small businesses, something I would totally agree with. She's the creative mastermind behind one of my favorite online sort of basically amazing marketplaces, not on the high street.com. She did leave it in 2017, but she's still on the board. She's now founder of Holly & Co, a small business advice and inspiration platform. She's now done the inspiring business Bible called Do What You Love, Love What You Do, a colorful business Bible that I encourage everyone to read. It's so fantastic. Holly, welcome so lovely to meet you virtually and you've long been an admirer and fan of yours so this is a real pinch me moment Emma. Number one I, I want to hold myself slightly personally responsible for keeping your shares always going up in not on highstreet.com <laughs> because I'm a genuine buyer there. I cannot tell you how much I love a themed and monogrammed item if it wasn't for not on the high street. <laughs> My Christmas, including things like my dog's stocking with his name on it, um, you know, you name it. I always go to the monogram section. I think it's one of the most clever, genius things ever. Thank you so much. Well, it was, you know, it, it, it's wonderful, isn't it? When you look back at things, everything makes sense in hindsight. But uh, yeah. I'll tell you now, you know, the start of Not in the High Street, we certainly didn't realise any of this we we didn't even understand that personalization was a thing um yeah. so it was you know you've got to think this was back in 2005 that we started thinking of the idea we launched it in 2006 and it was only by chance when we looked at the bestseller list you know and by the way nothing fancy it was just a printout and it would just tell you the top 20 things that were being bought and we sort of highlighted you know 10 of them or were personalized. So we said, I think, I think there's something in that. So with our lovely naivety, we just created a tab that said personalized. We put yeah. all the items in there. And funny enough, you know, we, we, we hung our hat on what ended up becoming gifting. You know, we weren't even gifting yeah. at that stage. And, you know, it's been 16 years later. But your inspiration for that was really sort of, it was really fairs and things. I've always been a fan of, of, of the fair, particularly a Christmas fair. I used to just yes. love it. And I, I'm sort of talking about them with such relish now because I've got all these things in COVID of things that I've dreamt of going to Absolutely. fairs and marketplaces and everything. But that was really the inspiration by it, wasn't it? Mm. And the whole thing of just putting, which I know you also used to sort of put together and 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 do mm. that. So yeah, and that I, was one of my first businesses. Yeah, that yeah. that was that was um, before not in the high street. I had a company called Your Local Fair, and um, you know I was pretty young at the time. I must have been twenty four five. I myself had been going through a hard time, and I had created this vegetable wreath and thought I could maybe make my life's fortune with wreaths. 
um, and redesigning wreaths. And uh, so I had a lovely Chilean tangerine wreath. And I thought, oh, I should sell this at the local Chiswick Christmas Fair. You'll remember Chiswick. Emma. I and, do. Yeah. And um, and they didn't have one. So I thought, OK, well, what I'm going to do is get the best trestle table, put my wreaths on that trestle table, sell it there. And then that's great. And that's when I discovered, A, my love affairs, B, I didn't want to be in the wreath industry ever. Uh, so I ditched that within 24 hours, got my little Peugeot 205, literally slung the wreaths over the fences. Um, and I started my your, lo- your Local Fair, my first business, which was just curating small businesses that I loved and, and putting yeah. them on in town halls. And then realizing after two years of nearly dying over doing this, because it is not for the faint-hearted, trestle tables, yeah. town halls, getting you know, a hundred small businesses under one roof, making people turn up. I mean, it really isn't. Um, That actually it was quite an archaic way of selling their beautiful items. So really what the town hall did, it morphed into the internet. You know, the trestle tables became a storefront. And that was where Not In The High Street was born. It was a 24-hour-a-day fair. It gave small businesses in a way a better rap because there was a sort of stigma attached if you did go and buy things sort of locally that perhaps it wasn't made as beautifully or it wasn't as high quality and in fact I think it's totally the opposite because you know sort of having followed your career when you see the people in small businesses that set up the passion that's in the making of it the care that goes into that one product you get something that is so much more appealing so much more sort of wonderful by the fact that it is made by a small business. I mean, my daughter has set up a small business in COVID. The love and attention that goes into every single individual item of fashion clothing that she makes and the fact that she checks it and, you know, cuts it for threads. And I do the gift wrapping. Missed opportunity, Holly, Holly, (laughs) let me tell you, with my gift wrapping. And and the UPS delivery. You know, it's like it's it's, you realize that it's such a a it life. Is, it's it's your it's life. It's a life. Yeah, it's yeah. a whole life. It's a whole life. And I think when we started not on the high street, you're right. There wasn't this understanding that, you know, small business items, you slightly thought of crafty and makey, and you it wasn't actually, you didn't quite realize that you're actually talking about the trendsetters of stores such as Liberty, you know, and this is what Not in the High Street was, you know, it was curated. This was the magical thing is that we picked, you know, only 10% of those who applied would go on the website. Um, Bear in mind, we were the own, well, third marketplace in the world. Again, naivety, thank you, because if we had ever realized that Amazon eBay and then not on the high street. <laughs> I mean, we would never have started, but we picked we picked products that were quality, made with love. They understood their branding. There was a story. There was a, a place for this product. And I think now, fast forward, you know, we now are in a world where we understand that that actually small business products are far better than the mass produced products out there. And as your daughter's doing, you've just seen it firsthand. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's your life. And it's why at Holly & Co, I talk about building a good life company. You know, I hate this word SME, you know, this sort of government sort of, it feels like a government guideline. I feel like you should maybe call it, I'm building a good life company where I get to live my passion, live my brand, feel creatively fulfilled. I'm the master of my own destiny. I get to just 
take Friday's afternoons off because I can. And actually, I value my profits and my happiness at the same time. And you probably see that firsthand, how happy your daughter is. Yes. And I think also it's that thing. And maybe this is a good thing of COVID. And I'm always looking for the good. When I've interviewed anybody, I'm kind of like, let's find the good bits of COVID is that it gave people a bravery. My daughter was a, you know, had graduated as a student. She, she would never have had the bravery to set up on her own if it hadn't been a pandemic because yes. she was like, I've got to work for a big company and mm. I've got, I couldn't work for myself first off. And actually mm. she had no choice because we were just in a lockdown. She was like, what am I going to do? And chopped up all my old vintage towels and started a business. And that's kind of, you know, but but it, I, I'm hoping, and I thought maybe you'd know this, that maybe it gave people that bravery to take that first step more in the pandemic than yeah. it did before, because, you know, they weren't about to go and, you know, rent premises for a shop or be able to go and do a factory made thing or whatever. I think people had time though, Emma, that's the thing. I think that people had time. I, I feel for me, if we're going to look at the positives that came out, that's what it gave me personally. Yeah. I had some time to think. The adrenaline calmed down and I started to focus on things. And I actually think people started tasting a bit of good life. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not talking about those who didn't have a garden, have been affected with COVID, with people dying. I, I'm just, if we're talking about the good things about it, I think that there are a lot of people who didn't do a commute. There are a lot of people who uh, were able to maybe do some fitness in the morning rather than that commute. And I think that a, there's, you can see it in the numbers, you know, in June, there'll be more small businesses starting than ever before because they've had the gift of time. They've now thought, you know what? I don't know if I want to get back on that tube. I, I, I think either I'm going to create a side hustle or I'm going to go for it, you know, because yeah. my husband keeps telling me, I've been talking about it for five years. You know, I'm finding it a nightmare looking after my children and trying to be a lawyer, be whatever it is. And I think that that's what's happened. And we are going to see this surge. And I, and again, I think also the appetite of shopping with small businesses. That is what definitely through COVID, you know, I launched um, something called SME SOS 48 hours after lockdown number one. And it was me going on Instagram live for the first time, which by the way, I was just like, didn't know what I was doing, was so worried about it. But if I am the mum of small businesses, that's what mums do, right? You, you yep. go out and you, you do what you need to do. And actually um, the love of small businesses out there just grew. It just, you know, finally people understood the essence of a small business. Yes, if you shop from them and you send that lovely gift to your mum who you're missing, th this gift is like no other gift. And I think that that's yeah. what we've seen, this increase in appetite from shopping with small business businesses, which I so hope doesn't stop. You know, there's a lot of no, good things. I don't, I, I don't think it will. And I think we should, I mean, we should talk about your great, you know, your your business and advice inspiration platform, Holly and & Co. And, and, and last night when I was and then we'll get onto your book. But when I was looking last night, that you've got this wonderful best bits on YouTube of your helping yes. people, you know, during lockdown of doing this amazing advice and helping people. And the, the sort of the joy that was in that video, people jumping for joy, you know, little snippets of somebody going, I do this in my living room. Um, yeah. This is where yeah. I sit and kind of do homeschooling. This is where I do. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And so then it led me to Google. I thought she must've done people top tips of, of what to do when you're setting up and you had, and I just thought you were so brilliant because you were like your number one 
top tip has to be passion. You've got to be obsessed. You've got to live, breathe, eat, sleep, dream about it. It's got to be all consuming. Mm. You've got to be so passionate that you shine sunbeams of enthusiasm out of you. You know, that is because I, I always say that when you run a small business, you are the Duracell battery of that company. I actually believe all founders are because there is something that a founder, when you plug it into that company, it does that's magical. Not only do are they parents of the business, they know every hair on its head. They already know how the business will react before you do what you're going to do to it. But they also, like a parent, they have the dream. They're going to do everything they can to, to move mountains aside so that this business can get to where it needs to go. And I think that this is what's lacking in sort of the business um, landscape and why I built Holly & Co is even the way I'm speaking about this never used to be spoken about. You know, you, you don't, I want to encourage people to say, yes, it is like having a child and yes, it should be all consuming and no, this can't be something that you down tools at five o'clock and you pick it up at nine. Don't run a small business then because it won't be for you. But what it gives back is a sense of purpose you can change the world. Yes, you, the one listening right now, sitting at her table in her bedroom, you could change the world. And there is nothing like I, I, and why I ended up writing the book is do what you love, love what you do. Isn't that the purpose of all of our lives? You know, and ultimately I think that a small business actually can be the key to happiness. And for so many reasons, as I said, you can run your own destiny, you can make money, you can involve your family, you can be creatively fulfilled. You've got, you know, I call my dog's called Mudley. And I say, you get a Mudley wiggle, you know, when the bottom of the dog goes like that. I've got a dog. Yeah. Yeah. I always say, have you got your Mudley wiggle on? And they're like, yes, I have. Because I love what I'm doing. And guess what? I got this many orders last night. You must see it in your daughter when you, when the, the, the postman comes and she's handing it over. There is something that you can't, yeah. you know, almost explain. And that is what I suppose ultimately I wish for everyone and why I created Holly & Co and created almost a landscape for them. Well, and I think also your book, because when people think of books, you think of business Bibles, you think, oh, it's going to be quite a heavy read. I'm going to have to do, you know, I always think oh, it's going to be technical and it's going to have things that I'm not going to be able to do in it. And I was lucky enough to be sent the PDF of your book yes. to read it. And it's brilliant because you talk about business exactly like that in, in sort of reimagining it in a, in a different way to, to do business so that it's, it's almost like a toolkit for people setting mm. up a business. I thought, wow, mm. if I was setting something up, this would really help me and inspire me. And it would be my, my little bedside Bible that I'd kind of go, okay, this is, this is great. And you've done it in layman's language. It isn't going to, it's not bombarding me with sort of, you know, acronyms and yes, things that I've got to do and attachments and stuff like that. It's all, it all makes sense. And I think it, it really is about that because I do believe, sadly, I do think that some of the, you know, that we, what we've seen in this last year is some of these bigger companies and things, they are, they're going to have to reimagine how they do things mm-hmm. because it's so different. But smaller businesses have suddenly got this opportunity, if you like, to, as you say, to, to, to reinvent the world, to be something huge, to dream big, you know, mm-hmm. start small, but dream mm-hmm. 
Mm. big I guess that's it would you that, say that's, that's your mantra absolutely and I mean the the book you know I'm dyslexic and it's I write every day on my Instagram at Holly Tucker but this was another level you know it took all my courage to write this book because I was looking to change the way we imagine business you know I feel that business has had terrible PR it is for a woman it is colorful you know, it's, you know, I found myself in the latter years of not in the high street, you know, wearing double spanks, very high heels, tube dress. I don't know if I was Holly Holly there. Now yeah. I ditched the, the heels five years ago. I only wear glitter trainers. I am who I am. And that is what I wanted for other people. And so I wrote the book, which is, you know, firstly, I made sure Penguin, they weren't going to do this, but I said, it has to be a color book. But Holly, no business books are color. And I said, well, this has to be by very nature. I'm bringing color to business. We need to then not only have it as a color book, but it needs to be a ha you know handy, small size, fits in your handbag. I'm actually in every chapter going to break that down to five micro chapters. So you can pick it up quickly read two pages, learn something. I've also added Holly's hacks at the end of each micro chapter. So, yeah. you know, you know, there's something that you're going to learn and take away. But the most important thing was let's ditch the acronyms. Let's ditch the gray haired man. Let's ditch all of the, the things that we think we know about business. And let's actually get to the heart of it. You're building something that's incredible and you're actually building you in a business and yeah. actually isn't that a beautiful thing so why don't we start using karma language paternal maternal let's talk about love let's talk about um actually having vision let's talk about what you're going to do good in the world how is your business going to be a force of good and it just started and that is where I get into you know money fears the way we think about money the way we think about our brands the way we turn up and and there's so many things we haven't tackled Emma so many and that's what the first you know this is the first book I hope of many which is let's yeah. reimagine business and and why the title is do what you love love what you do it's it's just a simple thing well, I think often people think as well that that in order to set up your own business it has to be this enormous outlay of of, of mm. money if you like mm. and I guess in again in COVID you know with my daughter it made me turn around I mean you know everybody's like oh did you invest I said no I gave her my vintage towel collection it was pretty special to me let me tell you but it wasn't <laughs> I didn't have to put thousands of dollars into or pounds yes. into the, a, a business. You know, this was just a, mm -hmm. so, so it takes a certain bravery because it is all linked mm. to confidence. And I yes. guess that's, that's another thing that, you know, I've certainly noticed in COVID people's confidence has been knocked. People's anxieties have been higher, but let's hope that it gives businesses a, it still, it still ignites in people that, that bravery to kind of go, do you know what I'm going to do this? People have always loved how I, make those necklaces for them, but I'm actually going to do it. I'm going to set that up or I'm going to do this. And I, I, when I'm on Instagram, it's the small businesses that always catch my eye actually more than anything. Yes. And I'm, and you can sort of tell, cause obviously social media is such a, you know, that's what everybody uses now, but you can always tell the small businesses even on social media, cause it has an authenticity and it has a passion that, that big companies don't have. They're just like, here's spring, summer, here's autumn, winter. It, it, Here's it, the bag of the moment. But little businesses kind of go. They don't you know, run to like, the rule book. You no, know, that's that's the no. thing. They break the rules. And that's what 
the book is about Holly and Co is about it's actually let's rip up the rule book of business that you think you know building a business with its ups and downs you know I always say it's the biggest roller coaster you'll be on and you need to be ready for that can give you the most confidence anything has given you in your life. And actually, that is the point. Each step that you build, you build a little bit more confidence, a little bit more bravery, a little bit more cheekiness. And, you know, you go and ask for something or you can't believe that that person, um, you know, discounted it and by another 50%. You know, that's another little win. And I call them milestone moments. You know, it's absolutely key because ultimately for the businesses that I talk to, you know, if you've decided this is going to be my good life business, chances are you're not going to sell it. What you're looking for is an income that you control and a life that you control. Well, then by very nature, you don't have a destination. Yeah, you're not buying Necker Island. You're not looking to float this on the stock exchange. This is for your life. It's one of your family members which is so important then to enjoy those milestone moments. You hit a thousand followers on Instagram. You hit the hundredth order. You, do you just mean someone yeah. pops up in your inbox? You can't believe asked you for a collaboration. Yeah. Those are the moments, you know, and it, it, as a business can be so giving in that way. Um, yeah. And it's what we just have never spoken about. You know, when I was building businesses, no one ever spoke like that to me. It was all about P&Ls, you know, Dragon's Den, you know, you had to be a certain she-man, um, you know, you didn't have to, don't show emotion, do not show emotion. Emotion is a bad thing. You're very good at, you are PR and marketing. You know, actually, wow, knowing your customer is the number one rule of any business and why what you said Emma is big businesses are now copying small businesses because the landscape isn't the same anymore and small businesses are the chameleons they can adapt and change big businesses are you know it's David and Goliath isn't it it's a wonderful moment to be alive and witness all of this I truly believe that and I do think that you know, the, also the way we shop and what we shop for has, everything has changed in COVID. I mean, I think I was chatting the other day to, I chat to this amazing life coach and he does work with me on, on the website. And we were laughing about the fact that in the beginning, the conversation was all like, how do we go into this tunnel of a pandemic? And how mm. do we kind of wait for that new normal? You know, everybody's talking about, you know, it'll oh, yeah. go back. And and indeed, I went into the pandemic like I'm sure you did. I thought it was going to be like a sort of three-week holiday where everybody would just take time off and we'd have a nice time. And then we'd all go back to normal. I mean, yes. everybody was in that mode. And I'm like, actually, now it's this extraordinary, like, it's like the world's been resurfaced and we can mm. sort of go out and go, okay, maybe I maybe I do rethink that. Maybe I don't want to go into an office. Maybe I don't want to to do that like that. I think everybody, I mean, and the big companies, as you say, have had to really rethink that because they don't need to rent the huge offices. Everybody's everybody's managed from home. Managed and thrived, I think. Parents and the nightmare that is homeschooling is a truly real thing. But ultimately, um, the idea of flexibility of being able to work, you know, I was one of them, a control freak founder, you know, didn't want my working from home doing what, you know, would be my sort of interior monologue (laughs) in, in, in a monologue. But I wouldn't say it out loud because you weren't allowed to say that. But actually within... We built SME SOS for the small businesses and it nearly killed my team at Holly & Co for two months. 
And after two months, I said, this is the best work we have ever done. You have worked tirelessly. We are now going to become a working from home company because why wouldn't I want you to have that time to do the run or do whatever in that commuting time? Let's just get together when we need to in our office. We'll use the office as a hub. And it has worked tremendously well. I think actually it's almost bizarre that we would all come nine to five into one place. And it's just, I think that, uh, don't you agree that it's maybe sped things up that were coming anyway? You know, I, I think, think that- so. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's done that. I think it's changed the face of everything. I mean, even in, in my industry, the fact that I've been able to set up a podcast and we do it like this, mm. it's given access. You know, if you and I had tried to organize to meet in person when you were running those companies, it would have probably yes. taken us six months to try and yes, get that I know. in person and, and find a room where you could sit and it'd be like, you know, oh my God, yep. you know, it, and, and, and all of those things, you know, have, have, changed so much. I mean, part of the reason I sort of retired from TV was I couldn't bear leaving my kids all the time and the juggle it. I wasn't brilliant at it. And I think, gosh, now I probably would have been able to do so much work because people are setting up a little home studio, you know, get yes. a whopper green screen in my garage. And I could have done all kinds of telly from, <laughs> from my very own home. I mean, it's like, I think it's literally changed everything. And, and for me being abroad from all my family, you know, things like little businesses that could send things, you know, little artisan food companies that I could Mm. send my mother-in-law, lovely chocolate brownies from Wales or, you know, wonderful chocolates Mm. on Valentine's Day that spelt out her name or a little, it's the small businesses that I really went to because the bigger businesses were kind of rammed and it it wasn't as approachable, I guess. It didn't have that that love in it where I thought, gosh, somebody's really working hard at this. Did you have more time? You know, it's it's not like, I'm not talking about like, yeah, we had so much time. We were just filing our nails and then we found this little Welsh brownie. (laughs) But what I mean is that we just considered, maybe you had a moment more where the consideration was there. You could consider not to just quickly click or just to forget that idea. Nice idea, but I just won't do it. Actually, yes. I think this time has given us a moment where we could be more thoughtful. We could actually express our love. We needed to express our love, which meant that we needed to be thoughtful. And actually being thoughtful is shopping small. That would not ever have happened in COVID, but anything is possible. Like mm. anything can happen out of this. And actually for these young students who I do feel passionate, I mean, you know, the homeschooling is a whole other thing, but all these university students, Mm. these graduates that have worked so hard that are coming out kind of going, now what? I think it's going to have given them that moment of going, actually, maybe I can do this myself. Maybe this is a skill I had in me that I would never have been able to use. I would never really, it would never really have come to light. You know, Mm. my daughter was doing internships where she was lucky if they gave her a kind of voucher for a cup of coffee at lunchtime. You know, you weren't learning things. You weren't mentored. You were just sitting in an office so that you you are not being creative, feeling very unconfident, feeling very kind of like, I'm never going to achieve this. You've just pinpointed exactly what this can give your life. Forget that it's a business. It's what it gives your life. It's about community. It's about, isn't yeah. it? It's about the fact that your daughter is so happy. 
This is all beyond business. This is before we talk about how much was the face mask and how much do you know, what's your cost versus what you yeah. sell it for, which is yeah. almost what we've been brought up to think. You know, that's what business is, those two transactions yeah. and how much money can you make. Actually, what you've just described is everything that this is what, what I've decided not to retire until I'm 90 doing. That story is about, yeah. it's how it enhances your life through and through. Every single part of your life can be enhanced. When you, And also some, someone that I've interviewed before, uh, Sir John Hegarty said, you know, do interesting things and interesting things will happen to you. I was like, I'm actually really good at this yeah. and I really enjoy doing it. The fact that one of my very first jobs was gift wrapping at Ralph yeah. Lauren back in the day. Oh, was it? Um, right. Stood me in good stead. You, you, you would have learned a few tips there, wouldn't you? I know. Well, it did make me laugh as well because when I was knew I was going to chat to you, my husband was like, do you remember your business entrepreneurial stage? I've been with him a long time. And I was laughing at the fact that before I had children, I used to go into all these Okay, I can tell you two of my business ideas that didn't work out. One was, do you remember Joseph used to do these amazing one-off sweaters? Every season, they were like these artisan sweaters. Oh, yes, yes. And they had like roses on them. If anybody's listening that remembers this, they'll remember them. But if they don't, they were these kind of oversized. I mean, they'd have been very trendy now. They'd have been what my daughter calls vintage now, but they were like <laughs> oversized, really thick, chunky sweaters. And they'd have roses and vines and the word love written on them. I thought, you know, I can easily set up a business doing that. <laughs> Key fact, I can't knit. Minor issue, but can't knit. Never done a design in my nor life. So. Anyway, no, nor so. Um, and so I found an old lady somewhere who <laughs> <laughs> anyway, by the time my husband, who is a businessman, he's like, I don't think there's a market for this, Emma, by the time, because of course I was like, why do them in wool? Do them in triple ply cashmere. You know, let's go the hot, you know, why, why sew a rose? Buy an organic one, you sew the, pe- I mean, it was like, that was not my business. Then I decided with a girlfriend, <laughs> we were both unemployed and we bought at a fair, we bought at one of those ideal home fairs a double Bunsen burner. Right. And we decided we were going to call ourselves the potty party pancake pair (laughs) just to make it tongue twisting and our skill just rolls off the tongue, rolls off the tongue, (laughs) quite big for any kind of business card or a sticker, let me tell you. And we thought we would pitch up at children's parties and we would toss pancakes for for kids. And we thought that, you know, (laughs) early food van situ, right? We thought this will be brilliant and we'll be funny with it and we'll dress up and it will be amazing. Key factor is neither of us could toss a pancake to save, (laughs) (laughs) let alone make good pancake mix that wasn't gross and lumpy. And the Bunsen burner, let me tell you, the one thing not to take to a child's party (laughs) would be a Bunsen burner, tip number one. So, you know, I've needed your help, Polly. I've had to, you know, stick to what you know. That's the thing. I've had to just- I call that letting go with love. You've got to let that go with love. You know, (laughs) it's not what I call your diamond. You know, those are your two areas maybe you don't concentrate on. Nope. And you find what it is that you can do. I exactly. Yeah. And and then you and you go with that. But and I, you just I just stick with it. I, so you I'm just not stick with that. I I'm not giving up stories. the day job. <laughs> where to put it? You don't know exactly where to put that laser focus onto and build a business doing. No. But isn't it wonderful though? It's the excitement, isn't it, of dreaming? It's the excitement of uh believing in something 
It's what I find is you go to bed thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. It's yeah. just such a, um, a beautiful state for your brain to be in um, because it's not dealing with the washing up or the washing or the kids or the, it's yours. You talk about everybody setting up a new business with passion, but your passion for helping people, there aren't that many people like you to have a mentor like that in life or somebody that you kind of can look at and go, you've given me the inspiration because now by doing this, this business helpline and the advice by doing the book, as, as you say, one of many, you're going to have helped so many people. Do you think that if you hadn't have been in lockdown and things, things like the book, maybe they wouldn't have happened? Mm, mm, I think so. I mean, certainly, you know, I do now a lot of live and I never, Emma, ever, I wasn't from your industry. I was the CEO in a glass box, do you know what I mean? Running to the loo with a PA running after me because I had 20 meetings and it was all about international expansion and all this sort of stuff. No, I had all this passion in me, but it wasn't coming out of me. I, I sort of, I ran a machine with it. I ran a business with it. Yeah. Whereas now I suppose, you know, lockdown gave me was that little bit of confidence. Um, certainly my community gave me the confidence. I have a beautiful community that are the wind beneath my wings. They, when I went that first time live, they said, you did good, you know, so the next day I did it and I've been doing it pretty much ever since every single day for a year. That has now totally changed. You know, this is the thing, this um, opportunity, this period of our lives has given us potentially to test things out and allow those interesting doors to open. And that's yeah. now where I'm at, where, yes, I don't think the book would have been written. Um, it was an amazing thing to do um, in that period of time I found it very uh fulfilling myself because I'd I've had that inner monologue that I can't write I, I shouldn't write and then I was like Penguin wouldn't ask you to redefine the business genre of books if you know so yeah I, I loved doing it I went live I put myself out there and so many interesting things have happened since then so I do think that this could create a new wave of entrepreneurism yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about shining the light for the next 20, 30 years on these people. What was the trigger for you to kind of go, okay, this is what I'm going to do? What, mm. Because I know you, you know, you did have a marriage breakup. You yeah. had things, you know, things were sort of yeah. working And at a young age, right? And at a very young age, yeah. So I was 23 when I sort of, I would say I had, you know, I was on the floor of life and it was that blinking vegetable wreath. But I, I actually think I was a bit like knitting. I don't mm. think that that was going to be my future. Mm. I needed to back away with love from the wreath industry. <laughs> it was that moment I was creatively feeling fulfilled and that was healing me. And I would say so many of my community, marriage breakup, a death in the family, cancer, miscarriages, uh, a, a job that was unforgiving for having two children, whatever it was, I find that a lot of businesses, certainly for women, have been started at that point. Um, yes, obviously, they saw a customer need and, and they were designing something, but it was more about they were at a point where they needed something for them to heal them. And that's why it's amazing to watch women grow through their businesses, because it literally is them growing. They're growing the PL, they're growing the bottom line, but they themselves are growing. And it's a really beautiful place that I'm in in my life. You know, I'm the happiest Holly I've ever, ever <laughs> been. 
No, I love that. Had the happiest Holly. I love that. That's how I will think of you as the happiest Holly ever. <laughs> um, so I have to ask you, the two key questions are, what gives you life? What feeds your soul? Mm. I thought about this. I think what gives me life is dreaming and building. You know, where I'm in my flow of life is when I, as an entrepreneur, as a businesswoman, it's when I'm dreaming what no one has dreamt. And then I have the courage to go and do it. And that is, oh, that is, that tastes fantastic. And the feeding your soul, I guess, must be being the mama to all the the businesses that you see, because that must feed your soul. That is it. Yeah. Lifting others up, I would say, you know, if uh, raising people's confidence, telling them that they can do it and that I'll be right by their side when they're doing it. That for me is, yeah, that's why I'm the happiest I've ever been, because my whole life is about helping other people and shining a light on them and telling their story. And I just feel the most fortunate person. Well, I feel pretty fortunate to have A, met you and B, interviewed you today because I have absolutely loved it. I think you are so inspiring. Your new book, Do What You Love, Love What You Do, is a brilliant, colorful business Bible. I just hope everybody goes and reads it who's starting out a new business because it's fantastic and so encouraging. What a moment for me to talk to you. My goodness. Well, aren't you lucky I didn't come to you with a business idea? (laughs) (laughs) But for now, Holly Tucker, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And also, if you've enjoyed this episode, do leave a five-star review and you can find out more by going to buyemma.co.